Welcome to the Chicago Open Archives podcast. This is one of a series of interviews that we're calling Archival Origin Stories, in which we talk to Chicago area archivist members about what they do, how they found themselves doing what it is that they do, and why archival work matters. I'm Andy Stedham, past chair of the Chicago Area Archivist Steering Committee and Senior Archive Specialist in Heritage Communications at Rotary International. I'm here with Audra Adminis, president and founder of the Lithuanian Archives Project. Audra, welcome to the Chicago Open Archives podcast. Thanks, Andy. Thanks so much for having me here. When you meet someone for the first time outside of the profession, how do you describe what it is that you do? That's a very good question, Andy. A lot of times when people ask me what I do, I hesitate to say archivist right away because sometimes you're met with a lot of blank stares. Mm -hmm. So I sometimes say that I preserve digital objects or I typically say something like um, work with historical documents or audio recordings or things like that because even though that may also elicit some blank stares, I feel like the word archivist may not be as well known to others outside of the profession. So Yeah, you get that sort of archivist. So you're an architect, you design buildings. Right. <laughs> you're an archaeologist, you dig in the ground. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So once people grasp in some way what it is that you do, is there a typical next question that you, that you usually get? Sometimes. Sometimes they ask, well, okay, how do you actually do that? Mm -hmm. A lot of times people ask. So at that point, if they actually want to know more about the archives profession, which it may not always be the case, mm -hmm. right? Uh, some people may, may stop at the first couple words and they hear the words history, digitization, and that's enough for them, mm -hmm. right? But for people who are more interested, I, I may say something like, something that I kind of came up with was I sometimes refer to the work that we do as cultural archaeology because we go out into the community and we try to preserve the history of, in my case, the Lithuanian immigrant community in the Midwest as well as globally. Mm -hmm. So I consider it sort of like a um, you're constantly discovering undiscovered collections. So mm. kind of like in archaeology when you're digging and you don't really know what you're going to find. Tell us a little bit about how it is that you found yourself in this profession in the first place. You are the founder of the Lithuanian <laughs> Archives Project. How does one become the founder of a Lithuanian Archives Project. Sure. So um, this fall, we're actually going to be celebrating our 10th anniversary. I can't believe it myself, but we're actually doing this for 10 years. The way that actually I got started was um, I was already a librarian. I had a library science degree, mm -hmm. and I was working for nonprofit library. Mm -hmm. And um, I grew up speaking Lithuanian in the Lithuanian community in Chicago. I've always been a very active member of the community. One day, out of the clear blue, I got a phone call from someone who was in the Hispanic community, interestingly enough, and they said, hey, can you come and take a look at some books that we have? They're, they're in a building that they had taken over for a different purpose, and they're like, we don't know what language these books are in. Mm -hmm. Are they Lithuanian? Are they Russian? 
And I said, sure, I can come sometime next week. And he's like, no, that'll be too late. Mm. He's like, you need to come tomorrow. So it was like a Thursday. I took the next day off of work. I went down to the address that he gave me. And right away, I, I knew exactly where I was. I had actually been in that. It was, it was a former Lithuanian monastery. And I had been there as a little girl when I was about four or five years old with oh, my father, wow. who was doing his research for his dissertation. Mm-hmm. So um, he had been actually friends with some of the uh, religious, with some of the priests that had lived there. And, and I remembered going there with my father. So anyway, I immediately knew where I was because from that phone call, it wasn't clear which address I was going to. Mm-hmm. But when I got there, I, you know, everything started to make sense. I was like, okay, this is clearly a Lithuanian, you know organization, right? So it kind of just it kind of just went from there. It moved very quickly. Basically, uh, the situation was this that the concerned member of the Hispanic community that had contacted me, his daughter, his 10-year-old daughter was a lover of books, and she's like, "Dad, you need to call someone about this stuff. Hmm. The children are drawing in the books and coloring in them and piling them on the floor and jumping in them and things like that." And she's like, "Dad, I really I really needed to do something about this. So mm. that was why I was called. You know, once I started to pick through some of the stuff, I realized right away that something needs to be done. Mm. And it was kind of like a last minute decision because the building was going to be cleared out for a retreat that that weekend. Mm-hmm. It was like a Thursday. You know, I basically got permission to bring in seven or eight people who spoke Lithuanian that I could just gather up from, you know, my contacts in Chicago. We went there. We looked through as much as we could, boxed it up. I rented a storage unit on the north side of Chicago, and I left it there. I was six months pregnant at the time, and probably one of the most shocking scenes that I had ever seen up until that point in my archivist career was walking up to that building and seeing a Chicago dumpster full of books. Mm. That was kind of the first sight that I saw as I was walking in, and I was like, oh boy. Mm. I was like, Things are happening here mm-hmm. already, right? Being six months pregnant, I did not actually get inside of the dumpster. <laughs> they are much taller than you would imagine. <laughs> so I did save whatever we could, which was a lot. Um, the monastery was still full of books from the inside, so we, we saved whatever we could. But unfortunately, there were there were other things that I'm sure were dumped before we could get there. So anyway, getting back to the point of... After the rental of the storage unit on the north side, a couple months later, I had my first son. I was still thinking about what I'm going to do with that stuff. So um, initially, I had thought I would just find an appropriate home for it in another institution. After I started working with the materials and really kind of getting a sense of the history of that community, I realized that the collection would have to be split into three pieces. Some of it was very religious. Others were, you know, kind of more related to Lithuanian history in Chicago. And other things might go to like a special collections, like the diaries, journals, um, Mm -hmm. things like that. So what I really wanted to do was preserve the intellectual integrity of that community and their history as a whole. Mm -hmm. So then what I decided to do was we're going to do some processing on this collection before it goes anywhere. Mm -hmm. I wanted to start to create a finding aid. I wanted to somehow be able to reconcile those different pieces of the collection for future researchers. I knew that I would not be the one researching the history of that community. 
but I wanted to be the one to be able to make sure that the history was preserved for whoever would be researching it in the future. So that's kind of where I started. And we started to work with Dominican University, you know, their archives department. So one of the first projects was a group of students came in and they processed a series of never before seen journals from the Pacific Theater in World War II Mm. by a former, at that time, he was an army chaplain. And these diaries had never been seen before. Uh, They were all in English. Mm. So it was an interesting project for the students. So after, after all of those experiences, I started to think about this and I said, maybe this is a need in the community that is not being filled because collections were kind of falling through the cracks. They were not really being placed anywhere and not that many archivists in Chicago speak Lithuanian. Mm. (laughs) That's the other thing. Mm. Um, You know, in terms of professionally trained archivists, I started to think about it and I'm like, maybe I can really give back to my community Mm. in, in doing this. So um, we started the project in 2009 and formally incorporated as a nonprofit in 2012. But in the meantime, we, we started to be contacted by other people in the community with other collections that they also wanted to be preserved. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, we were contacted by the granddaughter of one of the most well-known Lithuanian radio programs in Chicago at the time, called the Sophie Barkas Radio Program, and her granddaughter contacted us and asked us if we would preserve her grandmother's legacy as well. Mm, So um, it kind of started from there. So um, It strikes me. Kind of a really long answer. I apologize. No, it's don't (laughs) apologize because that's a great story. And one of the things that strikes me about listening to you talk about it is that you were kind of an archivist by necessity. Yes. I I basically fell into this. I, I did not really plan for it i think it it found me yeah so and the other thing that i think and this is not a new thought for me i've thought about this for about you for a while but uh you in particular uh, have found a mission that the history that you're preserving is in part your own history which makes makes it for a pretty interesting um it must make for a pretty interesting professional life (laughs) Thank you. I I absolutely couldn't agree with you more. Mm. I'm really passionate about what I do. I can't imagine myself doing anything else. I find it very exciting Mm. to be able to interact and give back to the community that I was raised in. And it just so happens that my skills that kind of fit this in terms of, you know, the library and archives, professional training, and then... And then I, I really enjoy going out into the community and talking with people about archives and kind of getting a sense of um, how they want to preserve their family's legacy. Right. And I, I find it, I see how important it is to them, and yeah. I feel honored to be able to help them do that. That's wonderful. Well, Audra, I want to thank you for joining me. It's been really a, a pleasure talking to you about your work. Thanks so much, Andy. Thanks for having me here. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please check out other interviews in this series. Thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening to the Chicago Area Archivist COA podcast. We would like to thank our gracious interviewees, the Chicago Area Archivist Steering Committee, Engineer Allison Shine-Holmes, WFMT, and the Project Chair, Danielle Nowak, for their time and efforts. To hear more, you can find both Season 1 and 2 of the COA podcast available on YouTube. For more information on the Chicago Area Archivists, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or our website, chicagoarchivists.org.